This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. It's not every day that um, you get the experience of somebody throwing a t-shirt at you in church, is there? Um, I told the earlier folks at 9, 30, at 9 o'clock that uh, I needed one of those t-shirts up here about halfway through. If I see anybody nodding off, I could just throw one. <laughs> but then someone would do this just so they could get a free t-shirt. Just kind of wait for it. We're wrapping up um, a series that we've been doing for the last four weeks. This is our fourth one. And we've been talking about um, relationships <clears throat> and the way we relate to one another. And of course, the, the title is It's Complicated. Because we're complicated people, and our relationships are complicated. And so we started off the first week, uh, we talked about our relationships and how important that is that we have relationships with one another and with God. And that's the way we were made. That's the way God created us. He didn't create us to be lone wolves or to be off by ourselves, but he created us to be in relationships with one another. Um, but those are, again, like we talked about, are complicated Things happen, things come up in those relationships that strain our relationship with one another. And so we talked about the second week, one of those things that um, strains our relationships or comes between us sometimes is that our words, things we say, or things that we say about people behind their backs. And we talked about gossip and how important it is to understand that those are damaging things, the words we say about people, especially behind their backs and gossip. And so that was what we talked about the second week. And then last week, Rick um, talked about how important it was that we, when those relationships are stained, strained, when we have tension in our relationships, when things happen between one another, that it's important that we go to them and we confront them and we also deal with these problems, whatever they might be, whatever the offense might be. And so we talked about some practical ways that we could do that, some, some principles that we could put into our life so that when things do happen between us, we can take care of them and, and put them behind us and also reconcile back with those people, whoever it might be, who, is, who have wronged us or we have wronged. And the whole idea is that it's a picture of what God has done with us. He's reconciled us back to himself. Um, we were separated by sin we, we, from God, and he wants to reconcile us back to him. But he also wants us to be reconciled to one another. And so there's a process and some things that we can do to help us do that. And we talked about Joseph and his brothers and how that <clears throat> there was a strain in their relationship because they wanted to kill him. Um, but they ended up selling him into slavery, you know, the story. And we talked about um, how that put a strain on their relationship and what they had to do to mend that and put that back together. So today we're going to kind of talk about uh, forgiveness and how that works into this process of reconciling back to one another. This is a complex issue. And we talk about different things and today in our society. You know, we have um, slang terms for things that people do to hurt us. You know, we think about, <clears throat> you know, we, we use the term, you know, they just stabbed me in the back. You know, and we, we use graphic terms like that to, to, um, to express our hurt and our pain and things that we go through so that other people, you know, can understand what we're going through, you know, and things like, 
they threw me under the bus. You know, that's one of the terms we use today. And that's a graphic term, term to, uh, that we use sometimes. Or that person ripped me off. You know, I want to tell everybody, you know, that per- what they did to me, they ripped me off. They took everything I had or they stole from me. Another thing we like to do, or if you're in from the old days, I guess this phrase is not so much popular today. But, you know, they done me wrong. That person just done me wrong. You're not going to understand what they do, you know. They just hurt me. And so in our relationships, things happen that um, cause tension in our relationships and separate people. And so we want to talk today about forgiveness. It's one of those sticky subjects that, <clears throat> that are hard to understand sometimes, especially in the Christian church, um, because you hear about forgiveness and you don't really understand maybe what it's all about. So we're going to talk about that, that today. Um, it's what happens in the middle of those tough situations when we deal with one another that has to happen for us to reconcile with one another, and that's forgiveness. Now, two weeks from today, next week, Annie just told you we're going to do um, Kids Sunday or Children Family Sunday, but two weeks from today, uh, what we want you to do is, if you have any questions about this series we just went through called It's Complicated, whether it's about relationships, gossip, or re- um, reconciling with one another, or what we're going to talk about today, forgiveness, if you have any questions, um, because we're not going to answer all the questions about forgiveness today, we just don't have enough time. But if you want to take your communication card and write one of those questions down, or if you want to um, send us something on Facebook when you get home, or an email, you can email me at tom at nagsheadchurch.org. If you have a question, two weeks from today, Rick and I are going to sit up here and we're going to answer your questions that you may have about any one of these Sundays that we talked about, these relationships. Um, so if you have a question, make sure you write that down and let us know and we'll deal with them in a couple of weeks. All right? Forgiveness is probably one of the hardest things that people <clears throat> have to do, like we said, to reconcile with one another. It's probably one of the hardest subjects to understand sometimes in church. Now, forgiveness is one of those things that we, that everybody likes to get, but nobody wants to give away, right? It's one of those things, you know, we all want to be forgiven when we do something wrong, when we make a mistake, but it's not really something we want to have to do when someone has hurt us. It's tough to do. You know, this time of year, um, I don't know if Andy's in here, but he religiously fills out his publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. You know, anybody else do that, you know? Sanders I know, I, got to, I haven't mailed hers. But anyway, this time of year is when we do that, you know, and, and we get that little thing, we mail it in, and we, we start dreaming, right? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I get $5,000 a week. What can I do with that $5,000 a week? We start making plans, and we're thinking about that. But nobody sits down, even if you haven't won the publisher's clearinghouse, and starts thinking about, how can I give away $5,000 this week? Yeah, nobody does that. It's just, we don't do that. And it's the same thing with forgiveness. Forgiveness is not something that we dream about giving away because it's tough to do that sometimes. It's tough to forgive. And so it's really a hard thing to do as people. All right, over the years, this subject has kind of been one of the hardest for me, not because I have a hard time forgiving people, but because I had a hard time understanding a lot of things that were in the Bible about forgiveness and some of the verses. And so there's a lot of confusion in our churches about that. So we're going to talk about this morning a little bit about what uh, forgiveness is. But, um, because it's such a complex issue, um, there's a lot of confusion about it. And, and the reason that is is because there's so much in the Bible about forgiveness. And so you have to take a broad 
look at what the Bible says about forgiveness and understand exactly what it is and what it is not. And so we're going to talk about that. Now, the New Testament that we have in English is... um, talks about forgiveness throughout, but there's also different words that were written in the Greek that help us understand what that forgiveness is all about. There's three different words that the um, writers of the New Testament use to help us understand what that concept of forgiveness is. And it's not always um, translated, these words aren't always translated forgiveness in the New Testament. They're used in different ways, but we can understand what they mean by looking at the other uses that they have. One of the words um, that is used to describe forgiveness in the New Testament is, means to leave or divorce in different places it's used that way, or to abandon. So you think about that. There's another word that we use to, in the New Testament uh, for forgiveness is, uh, has to do with a, the, the meaning of grace. It means to give or to give freely. And that's what grace is. Grace is something that we don't deserve that we get, someone gives to us. Another word that is used, it also talks about the whole idea of remission or freedom or letting go or setting free. And that, that word talks about letting something go and, and saying kind of goodbye to it and letting, setting it free. And so these different ideas of forgiveness in the New Testament, we can kind of come up with the definition of grace, of, excuse me, of forgiveness is graciously letting go of an offense. That's what forgiveness is in the New Testament. The whole idea is that we are graciously letting go of an offense. That means freely. We are freely letting it go. All right? And we learn about forgiveness best by understanding how God forgives us. That's what he does. He graciously lets go of our sin or, or, or separates himself from that when we trust him. And there's two different terms that we use to kind of um, understand what the, these aspects of forgiveness that God has for us. The first one is positional forgiveness, positional forgiveness. And what that simply means is that um, once we place our faith in Christ, once we trust him, believe in him, then he forgives all of our sins and we become an, a positional, we're forgiving. It's almost like he takes his arms and puts them around us and he never lets go. Take a look at Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. Let's read those out loud together. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of in sins in him. And so that's our position. Once we place our faith in him, we become forgiven of all of our sins. And that's what Christ did in the cross. He forgave us when he placed himself on that cross. He, we saw the video earlier. When we place our faith in him, we say he's our savior. It's like, like I said, it's like he puts his arms around us and he never lets go. We're forgiven. The Bible uses some other terms to help us understand this permanent forgiveness and relationship that we have with him. He talks about us as, the, the, his Christ, as Christians, the church, as his bride. And so he gives a picture of a husband and a wife, and, and they're joined together, never to be separated again. We're his bride. He also talks about us being his children, and he's our father. And so that's a permanent picture that he gives us of the relationship we have with him. And there's another place that talks about we're his heir. And so we we're his heir. It's a permanent position. That's what positional forgiveness is all about. But there's also another situation, I mean, another aspect to his forgiveness, and it's called practical forgiveness 
or experiential. You can write this down in your notes. <clears throat> experiential. And what that's simply, the aspect of forgiveness is, that's our da- the daily forgiveness that we need to experience as we sin against him or as we mess up and we need to um, repair that relationship that we have. The relationship's not broken. It's permanent when he forgives us. But there's strain- the relationship can be strained when we sin day to day. And we're to go to him like First John 1.9 says, if we sin, then we need to go to him and confess our sins and he's faithful to forgive us. And then, so that's the experience that we have each day. So when we sin, we don't separate our relationship, but we strain it, and so it needs to be repaired. So God's love is unconditional, right? We all know that we hear that in the church. You know, in, in Sunday school, we learn that from the time we're growing up, that God loves us, and it's unconditional. There's nothing we can do to earn that love. But God's forgiveness is not unconditional. His forgiveness is not unconditional. There are things that we have to do to experience that forgiveness. The first one is we need to accept his son as our savior. That's a condition we have to have. God doesn't just give his forgiveness away willy-nilly. He doesn't just give it away to anybody that he wants, to everybody. He, there's a condition there that we accept his son as our savior, and then he forgives us. And the same thing is true with the relational forgiveness that we experience day to day. He does that as we confess our sins and as we um, try to be more like Christ. All right, so that's kind of where the the confusion comes in with um, forgiveness in that the way we forgive one another is almost the same way. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. The model that we have to forgive other people, of course, is God who forgives us. All right, so let's take a look at some things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not putting yourself in harm's way. God's plan for us, as we talked about last week and again already this morning, is that we be reconciled with one another. His ideal is that we all get along, that we all are in fellowship with one another. But things happen, as we talked about, that separate us and cause us to separate from one another. And forgiveness is not putting ourselves in harm's way. God's plan is for us to have common sense. The very first week we talked about, Rick talked about the importance of um, toxic relationships. That sometimes there are people that we need to stay away from or pull away from. People maybe that have hurt us physically or mentally and continue to do some, do so. You think about someone who maybe was abused. It's not that God doesn't want us to forgive them from our heart, but it's sometimes we just have to pull away from them and, and stay away from that person. Think about someone maybe who you were in, or someone was in business with. Um, over the years, working in the, the trade that I have, I have a lot of people, different people work for me over the years, and I hear a lot of different stories. You know, Everybody wants to tell their story of how they were wronged or how they were hurt. And from time to time, I hear people who were in business with somebody and they stole all their money and they put them out of business. And it's not that we shouldn't forgive that person, but forgiveness is not ignoring that and going to them and going in business with them again. Sometimes uh, forgiveness is just something that we have to um, stay, put ourselves out of harm's way. All right? Number two, forgiveness is not overlooking sin. Forgiveness is not overlooking sin. 
Too often people use the Christian principle of forgiveness as a weapon to sin against one another. 1 Corinthians is a story about a man who was living in sin and Paul wrote to them and told them, look, you need to separate yourselves. You need to put him outside of the church. This, he needs to learn a lesson. It's not that you don't love him. It's not that we can't forgive him. But if he continues in this sin, you need to separate yourself from him. And so forgiveness is not overlooking sin. And later on, the man repented and, and he um, put that sin away. And so Paul said to them, you need to forgive this man and bring him back into the fellowship. You hear people say things like, you know, you're supposed to forgive me because you're a Christian, no matter what I do. And so that's something that we need to be careful of. Forgiveness is not overlooking sin. All right? Number three, forgiveness is not always instantaneous, although it should be. The ideal is that we be in the place where no matter what happens to us, we are ready to forgive whoever it is that wrongs us, but that doesn't always happen. Forgiveness can be one of those things that we expect people to do automatically, you know, but sometimes it takes some time. So some forgiveness takes time. It's a process. Some things are small. You know, I may come to church this morning and someone may come up to me and say, Tom, that shirt you're wearing, by the way, me and you almost have the same shirt. That's nice. <laughs> Some people may say to you, Tom, that's just the ugliest shirt I've ever seen, you know? And that may hurt my feelings. Some people tell me that every now and then the way I dress or, you know, something I wear, and that doesn't bother me. But some people that might, you know, they might have their feelings hurt, you know, and I would just say with something like that, just get over it, you know, look past that, forgive that person, you know, they're, they're wrong, just forgive them. Uh, but you think about people who have been really, really hurt. You know, I know people in our lives. Um, being at the hospital, Sandra and I have talked to different people, and I can remember one lady who <clears throat> had, a, had a daughter. I don't know how old she was. I'm just guessing maybe seven, eight, something like that. Gone in, went into the hospital for a simple surgery to t- remove some pins out of her leg, and the, the anesthesiologist turned the anesthesia on and left and went to lunch. You know, and now this little girl was severely disabled, you know, that's going to take some time. That's not something that you're going to forgive right away. We have numerous friends who have lost loved ones in drunken driving accidents, you know, children, you know, friends. You know, that, that's something that's going to take time. That, that forgiveness is not going to be instantaneous. But God wants us to learn how to forgive in those situations. And that's one of the questions we're going to deal with in a couple of weeks, I know. Some people are going to ask that about that, and so because, we, again, we just don't have time. But forgiveness is not always instantaneous. All right, number four, forgiveness is not forgetting. We are not like God. We can't just erase our memories. We can't just forget about people who have done things to hurt us or put us in, in wrong situations and taken advantage of us. We can't just automatically turn those memories off. That's just who we are. And so sometimes it's a process and it's not that we all automatically are going to forget about those hurts. As a matter of fact, you know, you probably know people who have been hurt before or things have happened to them, and it's always been a struggle for them. They just struggle with that, with the memories. And so it's something they may have to do daily, forgive someone who has wronged them. 
All right? So those are some things that uh, forgiveness is not. Let's take a look at why forgiveness is so important. Why is it so important? Sorry, my throat is getting a little <clears throat> scratchy. All right. If we don't forgive, our father, our fellowship with the Father is damaged. Look at uh, Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. It says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. So the important part there is of, of having that right relationship, not a relationship, that right fellowship. We already have the relationship if we trust Him. But the right fellowship, part of that um, tension can come is if we refuse to forgive other people. And so it's important that we forgive people so that that relationship is right. Next thing, um, the reason fellowship is so important is because we have been forgiven much. We have been forgiven much. As Christians, this whole idea of forgiveness is very important to us, and it, and it stems from our relationship with the Father. Now, say, if you're here today, and this may be your first time, or you may just be checking out Nags Head Church or checking out a church, and you say, I'm not really sure that that's where I'm at. I'm not really sure I'm a Christian. I'm not really sure what I believe. I'm just kind of checking things out. We say to you, that's okay. But if you're not a Christian, or if you have friends that aren't Christians, you can't expect them to have this mentality of forgiveness. If you're not a Christian, you're not obligated to forgive anybody. It's not the wise thing to do to not forgive, but the obligation for us comes in who we know and who's our father. And so if you're not really sure, you say, man, I've never really experienced forgiveness like you're talking about. That's what we want you to do today. If you've never really experienced the forgiveness of your sins, the simple way to do that is to understand that Christ, like the video we saw earlier, him on the cross, he died for our sins. That's where true forgiveness comes from. And as we are Christians, we can extend that to other people. All right? If, you, um, if, if we've been freed from that, that guilt as Christians, then it makes sense that we as Christians should also extend that forgiveness to our brothers and sisters, to other people, because that's who we are. That's who he wants us to be. And so because we've been forgiven so much, we can also forgive other people. When we continue to hold things over people's heads, you know, when we hold on to that grudge, when we hold on to the anger or the hate, whatever it might be, because someone has hurt us, um, that damages our relationship, not just with them, but other people also. All right? Forgiveness is important because holding a grudge leads to bitterness and hate. Bitterness and hate. Rick mentioned this last week just briefly, but um, we have a little saying around our church, and it goes like this, hurt people hurt people. And what that simply means is people that have been hurt and are in that state of bitterness or anger, they have a tendency to lash out, not at just the person who has, hate, uh, has hurt them, but other people also. And we've seen this time and time again as we see people who are hurt. There's a study a while back I heard on the radio. <clears throat> I listened to talk radio a lot. And they were talking about this study that was done, um, I think, in Cambridge uh, on, on the effect of alcohol and drug addiction on people's brains. 
And so they did this study. They were doing the study, and, and it's real deep. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a you know, psychologist or any of that kind of thing. But I went on and kind of read the article a little bit about what they were talking about. Um, but this is kind of where it boils down to. What they were discovering is that drug people who took drugs and became addicted, the, the drug that they were taking and the feeling that they were getting, the high that they were getting, had an effect on their brain. And you go, oh, duh. <laughs> Everybody's seen the commercial, you know, the egg in the frying pan. Here's your egg, you know. But that's not what they were getting at. But what they were getting is, at was that as people became addicted to these drugs, it became a pattern in the way they were thinking and the way they dealt with things. For instance, when they came across stress or hurt or pain, the brain was telling them the way to get the satisfaction is to take whatever the drug or the alcohol. And what that does, as they were doing that, it was training them how to deal with stress. And, you know, you think about that, it makes sense. You know, that's what happens when a lot of people relapse. You know, you hear about alcoholism and people who relapse or drug addicts, you know, they'll go two or three years and then something will happen, something will trigger that memory and then, and they go back to what brings them satisfaction, the drug or the alcohol or whatever it might be. Well, the same thing can be true with our, the way we forgive people, the way we deal with pain or hurt in our hearts. What we do is we, we get a pattern going, right? When someone hurts us, and instead of automatically forgiving them or understanding what they did is wrong and, and dealing with that, we come up with our own way. You know, we get mad, or we get angry, and we hold on to a grudge because that's what feels good. You know, we say that we want justice when we're wrong, but we really don't. What we really want is to feel, you know, vengeance. I want to get back. I want to get even. And so that's a pattern in our, and that happens with us when it comes to hurt and pain is that we develop this pattern that gets into a cycle that when the next time and just gets worse and worse and worse and we become better people. All right? So another reason forgiveness is important is for our peace of mind and our well-being. Kind of goes along with what we just talked about. Proverbs 14.30 says, peace of mind. I missed something, didn't I? Sorry about that. Let's, let me, let me t- take this back. Show the picture before we read that verse. All right, this is the picture of a tree. This is on the, uh, in Kitty Hawk Village. And um, I pass this tree two, three times a day. I drive past this tree. And, and if you've been back in Kitty Hawk Village, you probably see it. Um, normally, it would look like a healthy, normal tree. It would have leaves and stuff on it. Right now, it's wintertime, so it looks dead, but it's not dead. Um, but there is something wrong with this tree. See, if about 18 years ago, and Ben told me since then it's happened too, but I can remember 18 years ago, um, going to work one morning, and I was driving past this tree, and there was a, a Jeep Cherokee or Jeep, one of the little ones, Wrangler, I guess it is, stuck on the other side of this tree. Go to the next picture. It was stuck right there where that hole is. Someone had come home drunk driving, you know, drunk one night and didn't make it all the way home. They smashed right into that tree. Now, that happened about 18 years ago. Look at the hole in that tree. If you, and you can just barely see it now. But it, that tree is dying you know, because of that injury. It happened 18 years ago, but slowly bugs have gotten into that tree, and they're eating that tree apart and is dying because of that one injury. And that's kind of the way it is with us sometimes if we don't forgive, that the damage gets into us and it destroys us. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 30. 
It says, peace of mind means a healthy body. Everybody wants to have a healthy body, right? The way we do that is we learn how to forgive because if we don't, then bitterness creeps in, right? So how do we forgive? Let's take a look at a couple of things we can do. Number one is pray for help. That's a Christian thing to do, right? Pray. We don't just put that in there because it's a thing to do. What, that, what we're saying is that the only way we can overcome sometimes, is by, all the time, is by prayer, by God's help. And then when we pray, we're asking him to help us forgive those who have wronged us. Relying on God is a key component to our forgiveness, forgiving other people. When we've been betrayed, the first thing we need to do is go to him and ask for help. All right, number two, be encouraged by others. There are a lot of people who have overcome hurt greater than what we have, and it's good to learn from those people. If we do the opposite, if we associate people with people who are bitter, and you, you, you can probably think of people right off your head, people that have been hurt and gone through things, and they just don't let go, and they just hold on. And every time they see you, they want to tell you exactly what has happened to them and, and how that happened and how that person hurt them. If we associate ourselves with them constantly, that can become one of those toxic relationships, and we can kind of start thinking the same way, you know, that person. But if we put ourselves around people who are forgiven and listen to their stories, that can help us to overcome the hurts that we have. God can use a painful situation. And one of the things we talk about here in our church is how God uses painful situations to help us overcome. And also that can be an important part of our story when we share with people how we've been hurt in the past, but not that we dwell on the hurt, but that we dwell on the victory that he's helped us to overcome. And that helps one another as we deal with things that we have to forgive in other people. All right, number three, another thing that can help me is to remember I have been forgiven. We talked about this already, but look at Luke 17, 3 and 5. It says, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, excuse me, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, this is the same story that's repeated in other places where Peter asks Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? And he says, no, 70 times seven, 490 times in a day if you have to. And, you know, more than likely, no one's going to sin against us 490 times in a day. But Jesus says that's the principle that we're to have, is that we're to have that forgiving attitude because we've been forgiven that much. You know, I, don't, I may not send 490 times in a day, but it's certainly maybe more than seven. I may need to go to God and ask for forgiveness, and he gives that forgiveness. And so that's why we forgive other people. Lastly, <clears throat> one way we can, another way that we need to um, learn how to forgive is to learn to love like Christ. At the heart of forgiveness is love. You can't have one without the other. It's the most important ingredient in forgiveness is the love we have for one another. What is going to be our choice? You know, I've talked about just a minute ago, people that 
have known throughout the years, worked with, and they always want to tell you your, their story. And I can remember this one guy had moved here from someplace, and he was one of these guys that kind of travels around and has different jobs from place to place. And they'll go, he would go and work one place and for a while and then travel. And anyway, he had traveled here for some work, and he and his wife. And um, as we worked together for a while, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, he began telling me the story that had happened that brought him here to the Outer Banks. And the story, this story was like this. They had gone to this one town to do some work, and because they didn't have a lot of money, they stayed in a, a, a poor motel, you know, a, a, a rundown motel. It wasn't in the best part of town. Uh, because they didn't have a lot of money. And while he was at work one day, <clears throat> because of the part of the town and, and just the whole atmosphere, that someone broke into the motel room and raped his wife while he was gone. And um, he came back, and, and of course, they weren't able to stay there long. They had to move on, and so they weren't able to catch whoever it was who had done this. And they had moved on to this town, and, and, and it was just so much bitterness and anger, not just with him, but with both of them, but in the whole relationship, because she blamed him for not, you know, for putting her into an unsafe position, and he blamed her for not being able to identify who it was, and it was just, it was just a mess. But God wants to take us and, and use us to forgive, learn how to forgive one another, no matter how bad our story is. 1 Corinthians 13.7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. These verses speak about a love, about an attitude of loving one another, not to the point that we are trusting one another in everything that they do, because love is, uh, forgiveness is not trusting either. But forgiveness and the love that Christ has for us is that this, He's forgiven us all our sins. And he's done that even though we're not trustworthy, right? When he forgave me of all of my sins, he knew that I was going to continue to sin. I'm not going to, I don't stop sinning when I get saved. But he's put his trust in me that I'm his child and that he loves us. He shows us that love. He knows we're going to continue to sin. And so we can take that same attitude and apply it to one another because I already know someone's going to do something to offend me next week or the week after. But if I have this attitude that I love them no matter what because Christ has loved me, then it helps me in that forgiveness. Proverbs 10.12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. It's up to you and me as Christians, as the church, it's up to you and I to show the world, the rest of the world, our community, our, our school, wherever it might be, how to love one another by the way we forgive one another and the way we don't hold offenses against one another and the way we don't let bitterness and anger overtake us. It doesn't mean that we let people take advantage of us and we're doormats, but what it means is that we're willing to forgive people who have hurt us. Psalm 86.5 says, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, rich in faithful love to all who call on you. God wants us to respond to one another in a loving way, in a forgiving way. God wants to use us, his people, to change the world. People are looking for peace 
And that's how peace comes, through forgiveness. Now, you may be here today, and you're probably already thinking in your head, a room this size, there's probably you know, 20 or 30 different stories of people who have really, really struggled with forgiveness. And so why don't we pray with you right now? And um, if you have any questions, again, write those out. We want to answer those questions for you. At the end of the service, we're going to be up here, um, your pastors, if you want us to pray with you, if you want to talk to us about some struggles you may be having in this area of forgiveness, we want to help you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you loved us enough to send your own son to die for us. Father, even though we were your enemies, we were fighting against you, God, you forgave us and you loved us. I pray for uh, folks here this morning, if there's someone here who um, has never crossed that line of faith and they need someone to explain to them exactly what it means, I pray, God, that they would come up to us and and ask that question. If they've never trusted you, I pray that today would be that day and experience that forgiveness you have for us. Father, each one of us have gone through uh, this life and we have things that have happened to us, things that, um, memories that we have of peeping, people taking advantage of us or hurting us. Each one is different. So I pray for um, whoever may be struggling with that idea of forgiveness, that today, Father, would be the day you set them free for that and help them to understand exactly what it means to forgive and to be forgiven. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.